This is the UK House Builder and Developer from Good to Great series with Gerard Ball, Managing Director of Human Capital Group, helping you build your UK house building teams and businesses fast. We find the top 15% of talent in the market by harnessing the power of big data, 24-7, 365 digital automation platforms and inbound strategies. Leveraged by 20 years successful mid to senior level recruitment experience. In this third instalment of Human Capital Group's three-part series of interviews, two former regional chairs and leaders within the SME and PLC house-building market, Andy Beasley and Darren Humphreys, continue to explore the potential implications of a bad hire on your business. This episode focuses on the roles of sales and finance directors. Together with Human Capital Group Managing Director Gerard Ball, the pair analyze the critical aspects of interviewing and appointing the right candidates for leadership positions, the strategic and financial value that each role brings to a business, and just what impact the wrong hire can bring about. All podcasts and webinars are available to view on www.hc-group.co.uk. Hello again, this is the House Builder Business Resilience Hub and UK House Builder Good to Great podcast series. And this is part three of what is the cost of a bad hire. Now, in the last episodes, we've already looked at the role of the managing director, the land director, construction, commercial, and technical directors. And finally, but but not least by any means, Andy might have a different opinion on the finance guys. We've got the sales and the financial director. Once again, I'm joined with by Andy Beasley, who was regional chairman for Bellway for 10 years overseeing six to seven offices, and also Darren Humphreys, who was CEO at the small to medium-sized enterprise Rectory Homes, and was also Divisional Managing Director at McCarthy and Stone, overseeing three different regions, and has also been hugely successful as a Managing Director within large volume businesses, both at Carla and at David Wilson. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Charles. Let's kick straight off, and let's start looking at the Sales Director to begin with. I think it's already been decided, but it is very, very difficult to put a figure on what the overall percentage of, of any, any of these disciplines really contributes to the success of a department. But it is, is very, very clear that there is a huge cost if you get any of these hires wrong. So let's look at the sales director first of all. And at the interview stage, to make sure we don't make a bad hire at the interview stage what are we hoping to see from this guy what type of attributes i'll start with darren i think for me you're looking at somebody looking to try and make sure you're getting somebody that can appreciate the bigger picture um as you progress through the sales roles you know by the time you get into sales director you really need to be sort of able to put some of the individual plot detail behind you, you need to be looking at trends, you need to be looking at what's driving the performance or the lack of it at times as well. So I'm trying to get a feel for somebody who's, I'm probably for somebody who's a little bit more analytical than, you know, necessarily than some of the salespeople are at the lower levels, that's looking to sort of say, right, what's going on as a whole? Where are my challenges? Where are my opportunities? What do I need to do to exploit them? That's the feel that I'm trying to trying to get out of somebody at interview stage. Whereas you do see a lot of sales managers that are still down to, 
you know, very, very good at reading individual potential purchasers, reading individual situations, and get quite sort of stuck into that detail. And a sales director needs to be able to do that. But if that's all they can do, then I think they're going to struggle in sales director roles to me. Andy? Interviewing salespeople. If salespeople can't sell themselves, Gerard, they're not going to sell houses, are they? I think salespeople, what you know, we talked about technical director previously, tend to be very analytical and into the detail. Sales directors, obviously, good at selling, often have a very good personality. And again, I've come across some very good sales directors in my time. I think a good sales director, what I'm looking for, is somebody who can move a side forward that's not selling particularly well. And I like to listen to what, you know, their sales plan might be for a site. That what's their experience and what are they going to do about it? Give buy sites, good area, good location. If the sales director do their job and set it up with a good showroom and got reasonable staff, you'll often find there's pent-up demand in a good location, you know, and, and to an extent, the, sell, the site sells itself. And I wouldn't want to be derogatory. here. They're more than taking orders because I've still got to process customers through. But you do buy sites that, you know, don't do a sale a week or half a sale a week as you expected. I'm then interested in knowing from a sales director, well, you've got to start to sell. So what is your sales plan? You know, what are you going to do about it? And again, I, I find that um, some people can answer that better than others. Some may have been looking at nothing but good sites. Occasionally, and particularly if you go into hard times, particularly like sort of dealing with sort of 2008 and, and now COVID, you know, you'll need a sales director that can alter course and change things that may have to face into a problem of they overpriced the site and they're going to have to come clean and they're going to have to sort of tell you that and not hang on to the bad news. So I'm looking at a sales director, probably a bit like Darren, really. I think somebody who's looking at the bigger picture, they need to know what they've got to do for a budget, but they've got to be able to deal with the poor selling sites is what I'm interested in. Sales directors are telling all the things they need to do because they're, they're that way inclined. They know, they know how to set a good show. They probably know what a good sales advisor looks like. I used to spend quite a bit of my time visiting the sites that are not performing for one reason or another, but one of those reasons, key reasons usually sales is not, you know, you've got the sale every three weeks or every four weeks. We haven't taken a sale in the last four weeks. So mm. I'm always interested to know what are they going to do, you know, to generate sales. And again, I've come across some people with good ideas, you know, mm. look at a good three-month plan. I think the other thing with sales directors, one or two of them, my experience, because it depends where they come from, what experience they've had, part mm. exchange. Some companies run with part exchange as a, uh, to support sales, some don't. I've come across one or two actually have not run part exchange, and that's an interesting. It's an interesting support mechanism. It sits in the background, but often um, a big division is doing as many sales on part exchange as a small estate agency on the high street. Yeah, takes some money. And it, again, it's one of the areas that can niggle away at you. You can be selling up front, but if you're not moving your part exchange out, so again, I'm interested to hear whether they've got that experience and, again, how they run it. It's almost that ability to look at the whole spectrum, isn't it, Andy? You know, if they've got a problem site, is it a lack of leads that are coming through? Is it a conversion yeah. rate of your leads to visitors? Are you getting the visitors to site but you're not converting them to reservations? 
looking at each stage and saying, what's breaking that process? What do I need to do to fix it? And then yeah. running out into the, you know, where's my, where's my PX stock levels after that? And take that comprehensive view because the majority of the on-site sales are looking at that visitor to visitor to reservation stage only. It's really got to be your sales director, I find, that has to drive that up front. So let's look at what's happening all the way through that that process. What I find with some sales directors is that they're not selling on the site. They'll, they'll move the team round, and they've often got a you know poor sales advisor, and all they do is move the problem. They don't actually deal with the problem. They just move it. And then, you know, and occasionally I've had it where, you know, I've had a particular poor site and I've had conversations with sales nurses. You know, can you move your best sales advisor onto this site? I can't do that, Andy. She won't earn the money, you know, or he or she won't earn the money. You know, they're not going to enjoy working on that poor site. So I need the strongest person you've got on that site, yet they don't want to deal with the problem. They shuffle the back, move people around, but they don't move the best person to the worst worst performing side, you know, because they don't want to upset people. So I find salespeople occasionally dodge the issue or the problem, don't deal with it very well, which is why I'm sort of quite keen when I'm interviewing them to hear what they do, deal with, with problems. You know, when you've got a real superstar of a sales director, and let, let's say they are a new hire or you're, or you're a managing director who's just joined a a new division coming in. What does that superstar sales director, you know, what, what what's he doing in those those early days of coming into a new region? Or if you're coming in as a managing director into a new region, what are you, what are you looking for from that sales director when he's a superstar or she? Well, you're looking for good sales. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's nice and simple. Covers a multitude of sins. Hit targets. Good sales. I think you'll be looking for, you know, a good all-round performance, you know, that they've got a good team of people. But as Darren said, you look, you, you, you want them into the detail. You know, they need to recognise their problems, deal with their problems. Again, Gerard, all sales director will start to show themselves probably you know, as against the superstar, perhaps the poor one. Your quick build director under a lot of pressure to build the show home quickly, pull it forward, build it on a special programme, and put five, six weeks off that programme, only to find that the sales director hasn't dealt with colour selections or they've only picked the kitchen because the kitchen's unextended and, they haven't, and they've not dealt with the landscaping scheme. And things like that really annoy me, would annoy me with the new appointments that they're not on top of. Because, again, whether it's a new one or an existing one, we know where we're going to build a show We've probably known that for some considerable time. So not to deliver information on time from the sales director when they need that selling tool mm. really annoying me. And I've been on sites where, in fact, I, I turned up on a site a couple of years ago where, you know, the still saw, we've got a remote selling garage, there's a still saw going on a virtually completed house, cutting a door into the side of the house because they decided they wanted an extra salt bath and an extra access into, into uh, the show home, which was uh, that sort of thing would drive me absolutely nuts, is that they are not organised and you've got a whole team around them mm. pushing like mad to deliver. I've come across one or two poor sales directors where they, they, they used to say, get us a show home checklist, have a show home, hand over meeting with your bill director so he's got all the information. Don't give him an excuse. Mm. Too often... 
I'll come across one or two that give them excuses, and that's not what you want to hear. You put a lot of money for your land, you're going to work your asset, you want to be on there, fully operational. The other thing is a little bit of detail, management companies. Most sites these days need a management company. Too often, I've got sales directors trying to go on sale, and the management company is not in position with all the detail. Now, again, depends on the company. It may not be sales director. It may be technical director that actually yeah. form the management company and set it up. But a lot of details required. New hire, three months down the line, and I've got my management company in place, and he or her are trying to get onto sites to sell. That would infuriate me. How do you see their um, their interaction with the other disciplines from sales? I think you're looking for them to be quite upfront with what they're looking for, what their expectations are, timescales. There's a lot of time, coming back to Andy's point there about show homes and that side of things, when it's, I need this quickly, you know, I want this as soon as I can, and then they get there and they're not ready to staff it and things like that. So now that's all the stuff that starts to have negative impact on relationships. So you want somebody that's organised, is quite planned out with what they're expecting from everyone else and then delivers to, to, to match that as well. That's the kind of early stuff that I'd be looking for in terms of their interactions with, with the other departments. Where are their key relationships, sales director, within the board? Build teams, technical yeah. teams, probably the two key ones. Technical feed them with all the information for grocers. Uh, as I said to you, management companies, often between technical and sales. But the bill director, I mean, you get most companies will have a weekly bill sales coordination meeting to look at the reservations that have been taken, looking at the exchanges, looking at completion dates. A lot of liaison goes on, Gerard, bill sales. You know, as I said, a lot of liaison on site. I mean, again, it's not just about this house is sold and legal completion. You need make sure the bill director's got the scaffold down on the adjacent one, the area's clean, tidy when people are moving in. As Darren has alluded to, a lot of the detail is dealt with by the sales managers. Sales director is probably more making sure that he's directing traffic. You know, it, 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 things like staff rotors often get picked up by sales managers. So often, if one or two are off hill, there's not enough backup in terms of part-time working, who's prepared to work extra hours. So things like, you know, your sales office is shut on a Saturday and Sunday because you haven't got enough of a router. What's more, a bit more of a strategic planning and making sure that you've got one or two staff and flexible arrangements to pick up that issue that sort of arrives on a Friday, you know, Friday afternoon, three o'clock, somebody tells you they're not going to be in tomorrow. You're going to be able to deal with it because you do not want your show home. Uh, closed on a Saturday and Sunday, if you can help it. You know, so he's got to take the more strategic stuff and make sure that, that he does his part or her part for running the sales team. More strategic. I'm guessing with all of these disciplines, sometimes a director can be carried by their number twos. Do you find that? And how do you make sure that that's not happening and that the director is directing and not managing, for want of a, a better, better word? I think there's that element there of what's their awareness of what's going on. Are they just purely – you can usually pick up the the sort of hints there. If they're purely reporting other people's opinions and other people's actions, you can usually sort of read that in a situation, which would be the, the warning signs for me that it's actually the number two that's doing all the heavy lifting and the, and, and the sales director is 
riding on the riding on the back of that. One of the things I've found occasionally is they swap the sales managers around. So they've got a problem. They put the one side in the side with one one sales manager. It's not performing. They swap the sales managers around. And again, I've often said to sales directors, you've got a problem with the sales manager. I just feel sometimes sales directors are not very good at dealing with the problem. The technical have to deal with the problem. Right. Because if they don't, the site is probably going to come to a grinding halt and he's going to have a whole host of people chasing him at the end of the day. Sales occasionally, I think, can, can hide. And, you know, you get probably the disparity between sales managers can be a bit greater than perhaps contract managers at times. Right. Maybe, just, maybe that's just my experience. You know, and the answer to the problem is to swap the sales managers, and yet you've got a problem with the one, not quite putting the pressure on or looking at the issues and the problems. Because they're quite good. I mean, again, because they work a rotor and they swap people around and geographically things change with sites, I find sales directors are quite good at sort of hiding their problems occasionally. <laughs> and you're not knowing. <laughs> Certainly the difference between a, good, a, a, good, a really good one and an average one. It yeah. is with average ones, it's too easy to sort of rely on the excuses or the justifications that the market's not strong enough. You know, we've all had, oh, you know, Brexit, everything's quiet, nobody's selling, the Olympics are on, whatever it may be. There's a whole host <laughs> of justifications that, that we've all heard over the years as to why sales are poor for one week, for the next week, etc. Really good guys are the ones that, don't sort of sit back and rely on those external justifications that all this might be going on, but actually I'm going to make something happen and are taking positive steps all the time. That's that to me really sets the the average to the good ones apart in that way. Too often on on a site that's poorly performing, you know, you'll have eight, nine to fifteen houses on the market, and they can always sell the ones down the park that are not on the market. But you know, I've heard comments like you know, You've got the wrong mix. Well, hang on, you picked it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can always sell them. They can always sell what they haven't got. Yeah. With regards to the sales director, what is the cost to a division when you've got a bad sales director in place? What are the problems which are, are, are generated? Once your reservation rate starts to go, it takes you a long time to catch it up. It only takes a few weeks of starting to fall behind, and that problem is going to sit with you for the balance of the year if you're not careful. The cost of it can amplify quite quickly, and recovering that position is, is, is difficult. It is one that gets, gets away from you quite quickly if you don't take whatever the necessary steps are early on if you've got a performance issue. I'd entirely agree with that, Gerald. So making sure we've got the right, right hire in the company. What, what are the KPIs that we're setting? What are we, we looking for in that first three to six months? How quickly do we move on this sales director? How quickly can we move? It's very similar to construction, as Andy was saying when we were, when we were talking about construction. They are monitored and measured every single week, and you've usually got more stats around sales alongside construction as any other role in the business. You, you're measuring your weekly sales, you're measuring your weekly visitor levels, you're measuring you know, all of your conversion, your conversion stats might come out more monthly than than weekly. Your overdue exchanges, your completions, you've got your customer service results coming back in with result, you know, with reports back on the sales process. They really are KPI'd to the very max, in my view, in my experience. Highly visible. 
Okay. Definitely. It's probably as simple as that with sales. You know, if you're not selling, what are you doing about it? And that's what's going to determine whether I think you've got a good sales director or not. Them recognising they've got a problem, which is there in the stats, of what are they doing about it? It may be the market. You may have got the mix wrong. But, you, you know, you'd expect them to be taking steps, and that's what you'd want to see fairly quickly, you know. And, and the stats, you know, the weekly, as you say, at the end of any four-week period, you know what your conversion rate is looking like uh, on reservations, exchanges, legal completions. I want to go for a company. In fact, I was a bill director. I did my second role as a bill director. Things have changed slightly in the way notices is served these days, but, but the... One of the sales managers said to me, we did all our legal completions on the last Friday of the month, and they brought me in as a, as, as a new bill director. they got problems. And fundamentally, they were blaming bills. I said to the sales manager, I'd only been there four or five weeks, is that if you look at, I sat in the meetings, and if you look at it, you don't exchange contracts on some of these houses till the, the second week of the month. And we have to serve a 10-day notice. I said, oh, the problems, actually, on the bills. But the building got that many issues, you know, you couldn't see the woods for the trees. It took me 12 to 15 months I had to recruit a lot of people. And oddly enough, at the end of 15 months, I said to the salesperson, we still complete all the houses at the end of the month, and it's not the bill department's problem. They're standing waiting for you to exchange and for us to serve notice. So, again, you know, it's easy sometimes for sales to hide in the system. And I'll point the finger at bills a little bit too often sometimes. They don't recognise their own problems. But, you know, so the stats will highlight a poor or a good sales director probably very quickly. As an MD, as a discipline, is sales something that most MDs get their heads around fairly quickly? Or, or do you find that some MDs get, they just don't get sales? If you're an MD and you're not focused on sales, then you are not going to succeed as an MD. You're not worried about sales and land. You are, if you're missing any one of those three as an MD, you, you, you're going to fail massively. I'm, you know, we talk about getting the wrong mix all the time. And what will happen is uh, clients will come to us looking for a sales director. We've just got rid of our current sales director. New sales director goes in, looks at the sites and says, how are we going to sell in this marketplace? It, it doesn't make sense. Should an MD not be going... No, I don't know, having two up, two down in this geographical area or having apartments here doesn't work for the geography of the region. Is that not something that an MD should just go boom? On a Monday morning, an MD should be looking at his I mean, again, as an MD, if I've got sites that weren't selling, that's probably where I was going to be visiting during the week. I always tended to go to where my problems were, Gerard. That was two or three weeks running. I often went to the same sites listening to what sales advisor was telling me one week, going back the following week, have a cup of tea, just listen to what's going on. Amazing what you pick up us. It probably goes back more to the MD there in terms of if you've got the wrong mix on. So if you put a new sales director and they've got the wrong mix, the MD, uh, and we said this, it's, it takes time to sort out whether you've got the right or wrong MD. Yeah. Because these things take a long time to feed through the system because the mix, if you've got the wrong mix, the mix will have been picked for well, minimum 12 months before, possibly even 18 months, two years before. And as you say, and again, we've all been there. We've probably all got the mixes wrong to some degree. I've had one or two sites in my life where I wish I'd never bought. 
yeah, yeah, that bad. And I was glad to see the backup. And I think I, I said in a, a previous webinar, I work for an MD, and his rule of thumb is that you could afford to get one sighting five wrong and survive as an MD. You got two right. out of five, you were probably going to be out of the job. And, and to a degree, as a rule of thumb, we don't get all sides right. You don't get all the mixes right. So occasionally, you know, the comment the mix is wrong is valid. Going back to your MD, he's part and parcel of that decision-making process and was previously um, 12, 18 months ago and should be accountable for it. It's trying to read the trends where there are, if there are some genuine external changes that might affect mix, particularly with help to buy and, and levels being reduced, you know, would put you under pressure to move towards smaller mixes. So, again, you'd be looking for a good sales director to be aware of that type of thing and, and suggesting that coming through. But you would also hope your MD's thinking, thinking and aware of that side of things as well. All right, let's look at the, the final discipline we've got here anyway is the finance director and the impact which they, they can have on a, on a business or the cost to a business. But if we, if we look right at the beginning at the kind of the interview stage, what are, what are we, you know, other than the attributes which you look for in any discipline director leadership, et cetera, is there anything specific that we're looking for from this finance director? I th- I, I th- Hopefully he's good with numbers, but aside from that. <laughs> Hopefully he can have a- yeah. <laughs> the core side of the finance director role is all about compliance. Yeah, and, and, it, and your CV and, and the reputation and references, etc., should give you the comfort on that. The thing that, that sets apart for me an, an excellent finance director are the ones that are value adding over and above compliance. I'd be looking at interview stage of trying to find the person that's going to work in a value added way. And I'd probably kind of define that to say a lot of the compliance side of it are all lag measures that are in place. It's all reporting on previous performance. It's always looking back. The really good FDs are the ones that look forward and start to come up with some of those lead measures where they're actually looking at the numbers, looking at the stats and looking for the areas where we can improve, looking for the areas where there might be challenges coming or where there might be opportunities. So I'd be looking at interview stage to be asking as many questions about how do you look ahead? How do you use your numbers to anticipate where we might be able to improve? I'd focus less on reporting and much more about forward vision. That's assuming that I've got all the comfort, obviously, that the compliance and the, the retrospective sort of side of it is, is going to be there with them. Too many accountants I've come across are the bean counters. They don't come out of their office if you're not careful. And that is because they obviously have to, as Darren rightly said, they're often used by the companies to check compliance, even compliance with things like the valuation meeting policies. Uh, the accountants are often used by head office, to, certainly in big companies, to make sure company uh, policies are complied with. They're quite difficult people to get out of their office because they, on a daily basis, when I mean, they, they work very tight, uh, their management accounts have got to be out on tight timescales. All the big companies are doing forecasts, re-forecasts every month, so they're, they're adjusting numbers and forecasts. What, what I would want from my accountant is, is like the forecast. He's, he's, he will be sitting in an evaluation meeting, so again, any cost overspends or savings are fed in, and it, it, he'll be sitting with me at the end of the month as a managing director, sort of saying we need to 
put that in handy, we need to take that out, we need to do this, that, you know, and that's got a net effect of, you know, your profit's gone up by £200,000 for the year this month. I think more importantly, again, I'll be looking for him to sort of two or three sites that are not selling well, a good accountant will be saying, you know, Andy, we've got 15 sales to do in the next 30 weeks, but we're not doing half a sale a week. We're yeah. taking action and we're going to lower that. And I quite like it when the accountant gives me a view on those items so it doesn't leave all of the responsibility. I like him to do some of the thinking. And too often <laughs> they don't do much thinking. Too often they'll do what I want them to do as MD. Put that yeah. one up by 10 units, take that down by 10. And they let me do all the thinking. I think it's quite important, and a lot of big companies try to get their teams of directors out on site visits. Quite difficult to get a, an MD, uh, sorry, an FD out last week of the month as he's going into management accounts and, and these cutoffs. But I quite like it when, the, 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 again, the FDs come out and have a look what three and a half million pounds worth of working progress looks like. You know, because again, I've sat in meetings and I say, you've got four and a half million pounds of the width out there, Andy. I said, well, we bought the site. It was always on the cash flow. And he sort of makes the comment of, you shouldn't have four and a half million pounds, but he doesn't tell me why. Right. <laughs> I get a bit annoyed with them, you know. Well, that's what was forecast, you know. And so I quite like, certainly people who have worked for me for a long time, they would not have any choice but to come out on the site visits because I like them to sort of see the problems we've got on the weekly build sales meeting and in the valuation meetings in the flesh. Yeah. And I would like them at the end of the month to sort of do a little bit of thinking with me and support me and probably be a little bit of a crutch for the MD in terms of a, you know, chew the cud over a problem. You know, mm. you, you perhaps don't do that too often with your build sales. You talk to them about specific issues, but sometimes with the, the FD, he's not dealing with the day-to-day items of that nature. So, you know, as I'm doing a reforecast or a budget for next year, I actually value their opinions if they're good people and they want to give their opinions too often I find they sit back but they turn out the management accounts without much opinion I worked with one or two group finance directors who also wanted their FB to perform that type of role right didn't like the guys that sat back and they wanted they, they wanted their FBs to have a good feel for the forecast they were putting forward it was an accurate forecast so I know FBs that have got Group FDs that have got frustrated with their uh, their own finance directors. <laughs> In terms of you know finance, is is this a discipline that we can look outside of house building to bring into the business? Yeah, definitely. I've set up new new divisions with two companies, and oddly, uh, Gerard, I've set new companies up with a mixture of sort of usually an MD or a regional director. We used to call them in my last company. So there's a they'd step up from being a, a functional director yeah. to regional director with space then to promote them up to MD mm. as long as they were hitting targets and stepping up to the role. Alongside that, we, we often said, well, again, I've had a mixture, a couple of directors and then heads of departments. Quite often, we've set up the smaller companies with only a finance manager on the right. basis of doing 100 units a year stepping up to 100, 200, 300 over three, three years and training them up with a big company, with the systems, under the wing of a, a sister company's FD. And we take them from different backgrounds right. you know, so that they grow into it. Because, I mean, doing a set of management accounts, 
uh, is now different in other industries to house building. Understanding our forecasting would be a lot different to a lot of industries, you know, but they can grow into that. It's getting that background, isn't it? So they've got something they can judge against. That's that's the only thing that takes them a little bit of time when they come from out of the industry. So when they're starting to, you know, to think about how does that view sit within the context of how we've performed in the past and they're looking for abnormalities, if they're not from the industry, it takes them a little bit of time to do that. But the core skills are very, very transferable from one industry to another within within finance. When we get the hire wrong, yeah, and we take on a bad finance director, what's the cost to the division? Where are the, where are the big black holes that can uh, <laughs> can appear. Go on, Andy. It's an interesting question. I don't, I don't think I've had an FD where I've had too many issues, too many black holes. Because they've got to produce stuff on a monthly basis, the management accounts arrive on a monthly basis. I've probably had, I've had one or two issues. Again, depends on your costing system. You know, you may have your infrastructure on a diff, different cost to your housing costs. I had a problem where the FD wasn't recovering the uh, infrastructure cost against uh, each legal completion. And that's probably the only real problem I've ever had with uh, an FD. Most of them, I mean, again, most financial guys are used to working on production of monthly management accounts. But it doesn't matter what industry they come from, it seems to be a pretty, you're taking on that person who's been working to that timetable. I've had odd issues with. People like service payments, where the accounts, and again, it's where the FD should be interacting with the commercial director. I've had major problems with the service company on meter connections and landlord supplies, and the accounts got into a mess. Right. And the FD has not helped in terms of, you know, almost stepping on the commercial director, saying, we need a meeting here, we need to sort this out, we need to get on top of it, and we've got problems. Whereas a good FD, I think, would pick that up with the commercial director between them, you know, that liaise and sort it out. It's almost the lost opportunity side of, of the wrong hire. Back to my original point of, you know, the really good ones are the value-adding ones. Right. When mm. you don't get it right and you don't get that value-add, how good could the business have been with a different FD rather than actually what's been the negative impact? Because you're still compliant, assuming that you've, you've not mm. got somebody that's just not doing the role at all. But if you put a number on how good you could have been with a stronger team, that's that's a really difficult one to do. With FDs, certainly in the big PLCs and medium-sized PLCs, they will be in constant liaison with head office, probably more than most of the other disciplines. You know, so the group FD, because the accounts have to be consolidated every month. FDs are often used in companies to compile a whole load of other stats outside of financial. With corporate responsibility these days, uh, FDs often do a lot of other uh, ancillary type stats for, for head offices. And what I've found is that, you know, I'm not an expert in accounts, uh, the group FD is. If the group FD is not getting it on time, he's not getting the other stats when he wants, the group FD will almost certainly be talking to the regional chairman that he's not happy. I may not be happy for other reasons, but the group FD is more likely to be a lot more unhappy than I am in some cases. So right. you're getting that feedback because you're probably, I mean, accounts is a specialist area, a real specialist area. And now I'll be looking for 
consolidation of their tax at the end of the year. So there'll be all sorts of stats going through. And some things that even perhaps the MD or the regional chairman don't even look at on a monthly basis occasionally. So he's, he's got a service, probably one specific team in head office, also on a monthly basis. Whereas the other disciplines, they may be reporting back to group, but probably not on a such a regular or tight time scale. I was going to say there's a big shift now to really shift the finance, financial discipline back to a group function. Whereas my, my understanding was maybe a few years back, uh, the finance was a bit more controlled within the regional, the discipline. Is that right? From what I've seen, I, I would agree. You know, picking up on Andy's point, the, a lot of the FDs have actually got hard reporting lines through to group and dashed reporting lines through to regional MDs, divisional MDs, etc., which is the only function there that, in my experience, that usually has that. But also a lot of the whole management accounts and the accounting processes are getting centralised, looking for cheaper cost models as well. So there is definitely a gravitational pull towards central accounting from what I can see across across a lot of the businesses at the moment. All right. OK. And then just on that on that on that note, so it's really the value that that finance brings to the to the table rather than maybe what they take away because it it seems that as a discipline it, it's more difficult for the FD to go off and, and do his own things and be creative within a discipline but you know when we when we know we've got it right and we've got it really right what are the signs or attributes which they've demonstrated? Gerald from my point of view having worked in big PLCs where we've had new hires with accountants, the feedback, the feedback it's not my feedback, it's, it's been the group accountant they're reporting to, sort right. of saying to me, he's always late, he's always last minute on the submission of the forecast, and he makes one or two mistakes uh, on the information they've asked for. So it's been more driven out of the group accountant than it has with me. Because again, there's usually cut-off timetables issued by groups they have to do their forecast, which is reliance on sitting down with the MD and sorting that forecast out. I never quite know who hits the button at sort of uh, five o'clock on that day or who hits the button at 11 o'clock on that day on the submission. But occasionally, I've had the call from the group accountants and, you know, your man in such a division uh, asked for an extra hour on the submission, you know, having done what the timescale is for the whole month. So he's irritated group. More than he's probably irritated me because the odd hour to me on the submission of the financial forecast doesn't make a lot of difference, but it makes a lot of difference to groups to consolidate. And he makes too many mistakes. If you take on a young guy as a manager that's, that's certainly going to be looking for a future promotion, he's got to hit the time scale and he's got to keep people serviced at the end of the day. As I say, I, I can live with an accountant that perhaps doesn't be too much help as an MD at the end of the month. But as, a, as an MD or a regional chairman, I like the guys that step forward and comment and sort of say, well, you know, the bill director thinks he's going to be finished in 12 months, but I'm looking at it and it's going to be 14 months. And I got quite welcome that opinion, actually. Right, OK. For me, the positive side of it, I agree with everything Andy says, you know, on the performance issues. And it is really grouped that control a lot of that in most instances. The thing that I think you can see locally with the really good guys are the ones that are putting stuff on the agenda rather than just being reactive. They're actually saying, you know, I think we've got we, we, we've got this issue. We need to discuss it. 
you know, and they're actually trying to drive the agenda of the discussions rather than relying on the MD to do that. And and the OK ones would be a great support role for you, but sometimes you want somebody doing that proactive thinking. And that's the indications that you can see when you get a really good one that they're thinking ahead and taking some weight off the MD in that in that regard, which is uh, which is always welcome. That's that's all of the disciplines covered, really. We 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 know there's some other disciplines which we could cover another time, such customer care, health and safety, legal. We we touched on as well. So we're aware that this is an overall team and not just those five six disciplines that we've just talked about. You know, it is it is exceptionally difficult to put a value or a figure on what the overall percentage of, of any discipline contributes to the success of the of the company. But it but it is is very, very clear as we have discussed that there is a huge cost in getting any of these hires wrong. Once again, thank you very much, guys. As always, if anybody listening or, or watching has any further questions, please do not hesitate to contact me and, and send them direct to me. I'll make sure that one of the guys gets back to you with a good answer. Also, we will be sending around a questionnaire at the end, which we'd be very, very grateful if you could reply to. Uh, your feedback, as always, is really essential for the uh, continual development of the House Builder Business Resilience Hub. And look, finally, if you never want to make a bad hire again, then please contact me directly at Gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D-H-C-group.co.uk. And you can book a free strategy session in with us where we will review your recruitment process, review your onboarding process, and also evaluate your succession plan and give you some free advice on that. So look, take care, have a good day, and we will see you soon. All the best. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Gerard. Thanks, Andy. Discover how to build your UK housebuilder business and attract the top 15% of leadership talent using one-to-many platforms, automation, and 24-7, 365 proven digital strategies before your competition. Be sure to subscribe for more podcasts from the Good to Great series, featuring leading voices from the UK housebuilding industry, from small to medium businesses to leading PLCs. Don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content possible. For more information, call 0203 800 1080 or check out www.hc-group.co.uk and book a client or candidate blueprint strategy session.